Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the very latest edition of the Premier View Tipperary GAA podcast. Don't forget to give us a follow if you haven't done so already on Twitter. We are at Premier View Pod. On Facebook, our page is the Premier View Podcast and on Instagram, where we are Premier View Podcast. We have up-to-the-minute news on all things Tip GAA across all our socials, plus the odd giveaway, so don't miss out. If you're a Spotify listener, don't forget to hit follow and also hit the bell so that you never miss a podcast episode. We are now delighted to introduce our new sponsor, Orga Retro. Go retro with orgaretro.com. Specialists in county retro style clothing. Get yourself organised for 2023 and avail of our 20% discount on all orders until January 31st. Hello and welcome to the Premier Review Podcast, episode number 93. Happy New Year to all our listeners from far and wide. Today, I'm the host, Kevin Ryan from St. Mary's. I'm joined by Stephen Cronin from Carrick Davins, Enda Tracy up north from Tumavara, and Colin Purcell from Clonmelogue. It's definitely a glass half full episode for, I think, for the Premier Review as we go into 2023. Tipperary have so far played two games, and a lot of the impressions I get from talking to Hurland folk in Tipperary that they're walking with a bit of a spring in their step, even though it is in January. Folks, I'm going to talk about your what your hopes or impressions are of this new Tipperary is and taking both the Munster League defeat versus Waterford and the Clare game and the good Clare win, should I say, from the weekend together. So, Stephen, I'm going to go to you first, fellow South man. Um, your first impressions of this new Tipperary, Liam Carl-led team. Well, I suppose the first impressions are positive. We're, we're seeing... You know, dog determination, work work rate and fighting for the ball, especially up top, which um, unfortunately I didn't get to see the match uh, um, Sunday, but I was able to listen to it on the radio. And, you know, 
what left a big impression was how hard our forwards were working without the ball, which I think is always going to be a great sign. And look, probably Liam Cal now is getting a bounce out of the lads. He's he comes in with great reputation on the rage with the with the lads, um, regardless of what happened in his last year with Walford. And um, I think, you know, I think the whole of the county is uh, the glass half full, to use your phrase, you know, going in with, you now look to Tipperary again. So if this starts bad, come championship for Liam, he'll be under pressure. But, you know, I think, I always think that the hurlers are there in Tipperary. It's just, it's just getting them, getting them performing is, uh, is, the, is the big thing. And I think Liam will get that out of him this year. And uh, we, I suppose we started off 2022, I suppose the Annis Horrible, as far as Tipperary is concerned, with that defeat to Kerry um, early on, I suppose, which kind of set the tone for the for for the year ahead. Um, reflecting on, you know, where this team has come from and, and your first impressions then of this of this Liam Cal team, do you think, would you be as hopeful as Stephen for that? Or can you see any kind of like clouds in the horizon? My optimism's coming from a place of it couldn't get any worse. <laughs> um, we started against Kerry last year, really. It was kind of a sign of things to come. Had we 18 or 19 players togged? Yeah. It was yeah. like trying to round up a junior B panel to play a challenge match some evening, you know what I mean? Willie Connors breaking his leg, um, just everything going wrong, and it just kind of led into a year that really petered out very quickly. But you can see already in the first two matches the coaching on the, on the players, like the, the amount of lads running off the shoulder, winning primary possession, running with the ball. You know, we're not lumping it down the field when we get in the half-back line. We're looking up, picking out the short passes, travelling with the ball rather than lumping it. Um, and you can just see the energy in the players. Like that, that forward line that started against Clare, they were all impressive in their own right in terms of getting on the ball and getting a few scores. But I thought the work rate was very strong. Seamus Kennedy wing forward, Alan Tynan. Like there are two lads that do not stop running up and down the pitch, and that's what you need. The modern half forward, you have to have an engine on you. And I was very, very impressed with Seamus Kendy. He's played a bit in the forwards for St Mary's, hasn't he? Hasn't he, Kevin? He Sorry. has. Yeah, no, this year he went. I suppose mid-season back, back centre back to shore yeah. up that regard. But yeah, no, definitely. I think he's done the majority. It's, it's of his not somewhere he's completely years. alien to. Like it's not. Yeah. It's not like. It's not like throwing James Quigley up into the half forward line. Do you know what I mean? It's he, he has some idea how to play there. Yeah, and he he just travels the ball so well. You, you know, he when when he's playing in the half back line, he tends to just give the easy pass and just move it on to Ronan or someone to deliver it. But you really forget how much pace he has and the power in his runs. Like he got the ball a few times in the half forward line there, and there was no stopping him. It doesn't look like he's moving particularly quick, but he is moving like, and he's hard to stop. And he's so clever with the ball. So you know, there was a lot of positives with himself and Gerard O'Connor there in the half forward line. So you know. It's, it is a positive thing, but again, it's only what the 11th of January, yeah. two games I, in. Like, Colm, as well, you, I suppose, would be, I suppose, one of the more realists in the podcast. Like, do you think we're all a bit mad now and we're taking, we're making too much out of two challenge matches, you know, one victory and one actual defeat in that as well? Kevin, I was probably being accused of not having a glass half full last year, it was more quarter full, you know, because I was meeting people on the street who were constantly giving out to me because I sounded so negative about Tip last year. Like we scored fourteen points against Kerry last year at the same at the same time. So straight away, if you compare like with like, it's an improvement. So I was just looking back on Sunday. We scored one ten in the first half and one twelve in the second half. You know, we scored fourteen points against a much weaker team. You know, last year in total. So 
straight away to me there's an improvement there as the, as Enda referenced there I mean you don't want to be flippant about this but we were almost struggling to get a team together this time 12 months ago having basically if you don't mind me saying arsed around with the Miller Shields you know for six, four weeks or six weeks before Christmas or whatever it was which to me was a total nonsense as well so I think we are coming in from a stronger position there was 3,000 people I think in McDonough Park last Sunday that's that's a good sign that tells me that you know, people will vote with their fees. One thing I was constantly saying, probably here last year as well, is that I thought that, that, that there was a huge disconnect between the Tipperary hurling public and the Tipperary hurling team last year. And that kind of saddened me as well. You know, I, I found going to matches last year was a trudge. It was, it was a drudge. It was negative. It wasn't an enjoyable experience. So straight away last Sunday, to, to me, the most important thing was to actually win a game. I think it was the first game we'd won since we beat Antrim last year in, 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 in the last game of the league. If you remember, we scored a, a pile of goals and people were saying, oh, Jesus, maybe we're coming now. Like, and we, were, we weren't coming at all. Like, you know, so I, I'd be positive, but I'd be realistic as well. It is, as you said, only the 11th of January. You know, games can be very up and down at this time of the year. I think the Waterford game last Wednesday night, it took us 13 minutes to score. We had a strong wind in the second half got level with Waterford twice, a little bit of indiscipline cost us with, with, with Cahill Barrett. And you could say, is that a recurrent feature of Cahill's game? Maybe it is, you know, like something that you can't knock out of a guy, but, you know, you'd like to think an experienced player like that wouldn't be getting sent off at, at this stage, you know. Um, and, and I thought against Waterford as well, Kevin, and, and I, I didn't see that game. I was only going on a few people I saw who were down there, that we were a little bit toothless in attack. And one thing I was just, just thinking about myself today before I came on the podcast was maybe the difference between this tip team and tip teams we would have grown up with is we don't really have a marquee forward at the moment. We don't really have anyone to grab the game by the scruff of a neck and win, and win a game for us, you know. So. Yeah, and I was just talking about that very thing today to a, another, I suppose, fellow who was quite positive about the prospects, more so going on that performance. And I suppose he picked up on Michael Breen, fullback. But like you are right about the the marquee forward, obviously Mark is the man in possession. There'll be high hopes for Jake Morris as well in particular. Sean Ryan showed up well by all accounts at the weekend. End has already mentioned Garrod O'Connor and I suppose if you even call him young Bo anymore as well, Connor Bo has kind of has been on the periphery for a while. So I think there is a bit of options there whether you actually class Joe Brown now as more of a midfielder or attacking option. So there are players, but I think that during the league, just see if any agree or disagree with this, a lot of those players, you know, they're, they will have to start putting their hands up and really nailing down their name on the jersey, like for the Championship 15 and for those, I suppose, those more so important league games, the likes of against Waterford, Dublin and Kilkenny. You can probably experiment a bit more in the other two. I just expect Liam Cal to kind of have a look at as much, as much of his panel as he could. But I suppose, just do you actually see, and I'll throw this open to, to the panel as well, do you actually see as, as in the, that kind of scoring forward that Tipperary might have had an abundance of over the last decade, that there is a worry there, as kind of column says, that we don't have a marquee. You know, Bubbles is gone probably now for the foreseeable, if not for good. Uh, Callanan is, you know, is probably mid-30s at this stage. Noel is captain, but John might John McGrath might be kind of injured for the majority of the year. So, um, I'll jump in there with that one. I think I'd agree with you. The, the marquee man is not there. And like... Jason Ford, I've I've loads of time from. Jason Ford is brilliant, and he he can he can rack up the scores now big time. Is he is he the the Seamus Callan esque kind of player? I don't think so. But 
I think we're Cal might slightly move away from that centerpiece forward, if you get me. Um, and Shamey Cal, uh, Shamey Kendi's positioning at the weekend might might uh, tell tell a lot. You know, it could be just the way things worked out, but you could see him. You know, the half forwards working all the way back. The half forwards are going to have to be monsters to win the ball, but come back help the the backs and get the ball forward as well. Like they, they'll probably be the first two lads that have to come off the field. You'd be in come championship, and I think it'll there'll be a more a bigger spread of scores for us this year rather than the 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 go to man. If you, if you get me, I'd I'd say we'll end up going down that road where our half forward line is is running and the halfbacks running 100 mile an hour up and down the field off the shoulder whoever's off the shoulder he's the man tapping it over the ball over the bar rather than when we go back to 2000 and what was the it was a 16 or 18 with Jamie Callan when he scored the 13 points I don't think we're going to see that again I think we're going to see a a, a nice spread of scorers this year and I don't think we'll we'll need we're still going to need Jason Ford to score He's freeze or whoever's on the freeze. We're still going to need forwards to come up with three or four points. But I'd say the days of a of a centerpiece forward scoring six and seven points, I'd say could be could be a long way into the future for us. And then uh, just to, to come to you on that, I suppose Alan Tynan has started both of these Monster League games slash challenge matches. Kind of now, would you see him being a central part of Liam Cal's plans for the league at least? Well, judging by the two matches. I think he's going to be a huge player for Liam Cahill. I think Cahill loves the fact that he has, he really has the engine that he's going, he can go for 70 minutes. Now, even after 10 minutes, he might look like he's the sort of lad that you think he's wrecked after 10 minutes. He has the arms and the hips, but he has a serious engine on him. But more than that, he makes some serious runs in the game. You've seen in the Clare match the other day, he went in on goal. He made a perfect run off the shoulder of Sean Ryan. Now, he should have scored it. He was 10 yards out one-on-one. Goal, he made a good save, but then it didn't deter him. Five minutes later, he made a run down the centre and set up Sean Ryan for his goal. Just powerful running. I kind of probably kind of gets it from the rugby for you know hitting the line at a right angle and just being able to move past lads even when he's getting a tackle. Um, but he's a powerful runner, and you need should we see what Limerick that's you know 90% of their game plan is Tom Morrissey and Grot Hegarty up and down the field all day long. And he chipped in with a few points as well. He's he's a lad that's able to score. Like it's don't don't be fooled. Like he's he's a good engine and he works hard. But he is a, he's a good hurler as well in his own right. Um. So I, I think Cal really likes him for that reason. And uh, you know he's had he's had terrible luck with injuries and whatnot over the last few years. Just coming into inter county campaigns, he's always seemed to pick up an eagle or there's been something wrong. So I'm glad that he's going to get a run now in the team and hopefully he stays injury free. Definitely, and I suppose his ceiling as a lad that's maybe missed a few key development years is mm. probably a bit higher than maybe your traditional fringe player. Like, you know, of, of that, as you said, because the more hurling he gets into him and coming off a very good campaign with Ross Gray, a very good cl- club campaign, that he might be able to offer a lot and he probably does fit in with um, Liam Cass, Liam Cass style of play. I suppose, as well, I suppose, completing maybe our discussion of the half-forward line, we've Jason Ford in there as well, but like Noel McGrath has been named as captain this year. Is he a lad that you just keep in cotton wool, I suppose, you know, certainly for January, but you just introduce him gradually in the league now, do you think? Because you know what Noel's all about and he'll come alive probably the closer you get the championship or do you, re- do you really kind of start um, starting him, start winning games and with with the league, with the kind of, I think it's leash up first and, and, and go from there? 
I think it's important probably to get off to a good start, Kevin, you know, um, whether that means we need Noel McGrath to get off to a good start to beat Leash or whoever it is first, I, I don't know. I mean, no, no, Noel has been named as captain, so that would, you know, nearly tell me that he's going, like Cal consider, considers him a starter. Um, and has alluded, I suppose, to the running game there a little bit, uh, you know, talking to somebody earlier on the week about this as well. And we were just saying, you know, Cal is pretty much a, a kind of a counter-attacking coach. You know, he likes that running off the shoulder. You know, like lads breaking the line, breaking the tackle and getting through. And you could see how, you could very much see how a guy like Tynan, you know, would fit into that as well. The other thing, I suppose, for, for, which would encourage me from, from Cal's point of view is he knows these lads or a lot of these lads. He's coached them at minor and he's coached them at 20 and he's coached them successfully. So I think that has to be, that has to be, a, you know, has to be a major bonus. And when you think about it, like, there, what, there's five counties that I can think of straight away off the top of my head that have new coaches going into the Liam McCarthy campaign this year. You have our old friend Davey, obviously, down in Waterford. You have uh, Pat Ryan in Cork. You have uh, O'Donoghue in Dublin. You have, you have Ling, of course, down in Kilkenny, replacing Cody. And you have Cal. So, you know, th- like th- that also sets the championship up and the league to be very competitive. You know, all of these guys are going to be trying to lay down a marker for their own counties. So maybe Tip have a slight advantage in that Cal haven't worked with a lot of these players before. You know, he, he knows their strengths. He knows their weaknesses. To answer your question on Noel McGrath, like, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but like, you're not going to learn anything about Noel McGrath in the, in the shit and muck in Mallow or, you know, Nina on, on, on a or whatever. Yeah, you know, you're, you're not like, you know, so I wouldn't, I, I, I personally wouldn't be too worried about playing Noel at the moment. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to be not playing guys for the entire league and expect them then to come into the championship and start. I, I wouldn't like to think that. One thing that we spoke about a lot on, on this podcast last year was there seems to be the lack of a settled team, Kevin. And, you know, I'd like to see 10 or 11 or 12 spots, you know, being pretty close to championship come the end of the league. I never felt that. I go on to keep going on about last year. It's ridiculous at this stage. But I never felt last year that we knew what our best team was. It was, it, you know, it was... You know, we tried to pick teams many evenings on this podcast and, you know, none of us could agree on anything. Like, you know, and, and so I, a long-winded answer, yes, I, I don't think Noel Cat or Noel McGrath should be playing at the moment, but certainly he should be introduced at some stage during the league. And I would like to see a good a good competitive league campaign from Tip. I think we should be, every trophy you enter, every competition you enter, you should be trying to win, you know, and get a settled team at the end of it. That would be my yeah. hopes for the league. I'd agree there, and I suppose we don't know whether we'll be having another game in the Munster League game. Um, Clare versus Waterford is on. I think it's Friday night, and um, and then depending on what happens that game, will you know whether Tip get into the final or whatever you want to call it uh, of the Munster League. But I suppose looking at back at that competition, we seem to have a straight um shootout in goalkeepers between Barry Hogan, who's been kind of you know would have more intercounty experience, and Ree Shelley from Mycarkey, who'd be a newcomer. Um, to the scene, although he's played he's played underage. Um, thoughts there on how you see that going, or is it a bit too early? Well, the two games so far, the first game against Waterford, Shelley was he was impressive. Um, his puckouts are bang on. Saved a penalty, scored. Um, he scored a penalty the, the week before in the U for UL. Yeah, yeah. In the in the Fitzgibbon or the league final, there. Um, just looks very composed. Looks like a confident young lad. Um. Like there's no nervousness in his play at all, but he, he really pings the puck outs and he is a shot stopper, which I never really gave him credit for. Now, I, anytime I'd seen him, he was never really tested, to be fair, but 
you know, he saved, he saved a lovely penalty from Stephen Bennett and played well. Then you're looking at Barry Hogan the last day. It's obviously a competition for him. He really had to play well. And in fairness, he had a right game. He scored scored a boom and a hundred yard free in the second half and made a ridiculously good penalty save from Peter Duggan. We know how hard Peter Duggan's able to slap a ball going into the top corner and he got the hurl up that it was a brilliant save. Um, and he saved a really, really important block from Aaron Shanahan in the second half as well when, when there was only three or four points in it. So he really responded to the challenge. I think it's going to be an interesting shootout between the two of them. He never really got the, the impression that there was, you know, Brian Hogan and Barry Hogan, you know, had no real confidence in one or the other. It doesn't really make a difference. It's much of a muchness, but I think Shelley coming in is after lighting the fire under Barry. I think he knows that there's a young lad coming in here and he's 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 very he's very young and he's very, very cocky looking the way he's hurling, but he's got real ability as well. And if he wants to wants to be there come championship, he's gonna to have to put his best foot forward. Yeah, and definitely, you know, if we're if we're going out of the era of maybe a marquee forward, I think it is an era where we do need to be going in with a settled number one, yeah. you know, most other counties would definitely have one. And, um, you know, they're, they're so important to restarts and all that. And even, you know, mentioned Stephen O'Keefe might be coming back into Waterford there, but it's definitely not an area over the last few years where, you know, confidence comes out from the back where Tip have been at their strongest. And just to say with you, because it's very, I suppose, Seamus Kennedy's position was a talking point or one of the key yeah. talking points from the last game. But the other one, <clears throat> undoubtedly, was Michael Breen at full back. Um, you yeah. know, Breen... He's, you know, you look at a big strapping kind of template for an inter-county player or even the Limerick inter-county model, but maybe hasn't found a home with this Tipperary team. Yet. Do you think that under Liam Cal, he could make full back his own where he's done a lot of kind of underage hurling in the past? I'm sure, I'm sure Liam is really hoping that he does. Um, I think he's going to give him a concerted number of games there to see if he can do it. Like the first two games, in fairness, He's been solid enough. He hasn't done anything too wrong. Um, there's a couple of occasions now against Clare um, where he was on the ball and he wasn't thinking like a fullback. You know, he, there was a point in the second half there where he won a ball out in front of his man and got out as far as the half back line, got the ball up. Usually a fullback is just going to dish it out and head back to his position. He went on a big run down the field into the half forward line, lost the ball. Ball was turned over and hit down the field and he was nowhere to be seen. So, um, look, in terms of Look, most most teams now play two two man full forward lines. Um and in the last few years we've kind of been at Barrett and a another there that didn't really have much pace. In terms of having Breen there, the benefit of him would be recovery pace there. Like if a ball goes in behind, you know, Breen's going to eat up the ground and he's he's one of the fastest intercounty hurdles around in fairness team. Um look, we, we need more we need we need a type of a game where maybe there's like a I was going to say Aaron Glenn there, but he probably won't be hurling much. But uh, you know, a Daisy Hutchinson or um, or TJ Reeves, somebody to really test him and see how he gets on. And um, the first two games, he's been he's been solid enough, and he warrants warrants another few games there to see how he goes. But we need a real marquee forward in on top of him for a game. Hopefully, a few games during the league, and and we can see where he is from there. Yeah, and I think I suppose. Where you do find out about these kind of moves, whether they work or not, is in the white heat of hopefully, like you know, a championship, and hopefully, it will be a good move. I suppose moving on, you know, from that, obviously, Ronan Mara is about there. But one of the other talking points from the weekend was the performance of Brian O'Mara, who was, I suppose, you know, in, in 2021, a, a bright spot till he got injured, or was it even 2020 going back a year? 
but you know has spent some time a bit away from the panel, but you know is definitely now back with with a, with a bang. Um, Stephen, just to kind of come to you on that. Um, yeah. The- you know, you're, you're, oh, sorry, no, Colin, to come to you on that and and your thoughts about the halfbacks. Um, on you know what kind of what format will tip will tip take on that for the league campaign? Do you think? Well, I suppose first of all, just to re- just to continue your point about O'Mara, Kevin, I probably should have mentioned that earlier on. That was a big plus for me as well on Sunday. I, I think he he'd be my early call for number six in the championship. He looks good in possession. He's good defensively. He reads the game well. He's got a good delivery into the forward line. Um, again, centre back is a position that we've probably struggled with in the last couple of years. You know, we've we've moved lads in and out of there. Um, I, I think he's very much a positive. Against Waterford last week, if I'm not mistaken, Dan McCormick started on one wing, and I think it was right, yeah. young young Neville from, from the, the lad hurling down in Clare started on the other wing. I think from what I heard, Dan McCormick and, and Neville both did fine on the night. I mean, that, the placing a Dan there is an interesting one. You know, he's he'd be strong and competitive under under the ball. He'd be able to deliver a ball and would well able to win a free as we know as well. Um, on Sunday against Clare, as we know, Mara was centre-back. Enda Heffernan, I think, was one wing. And Brian McGrath was on the other wing. Um, if I'm not mistaken, but I thought Brian McGrath played well. He's, you know, he's a guy, again, who's been sort of moved around a lot in the team in the last few years. Um, you know, he's good to win a ball, rarely gives it away. So, you know, you, you throw Ronan Marr into, the, into, the, into that equation as well. And not to forget as well, Nilo Mara, who was probably... You know, would it be safe to say he was a standout club club hurler in Tipperary last year? He wouldn't be far off it, like you know, in 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 his club campaign. I think he's, you know, I know he's a guy who's played wing forward for a lot of his time in Tipperary, but he's another guy you could look at for that halfback. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, you know, plenty of options there, Kevin, I think. Um, it would be nice to get a settled six. Definitely would be nice to get a settled six. and. Plenty of the lads there I've named then could fill in around, you know. You'd imagine Ronan Maher is probably going to start as well. So there's one position definitely up up for grabs in, in the half-back yeah. line. And, then, and some of those options that you named as well could fill in at midfield. I would be a little bit concerned about our midfield options. I think I look at this really as being the engine room of a modern inter-county side. Um, I think it was Connor Sakem and Jar Brown started on Sunday. Paddy Cadell started against Waterford. Mixed reviews, I suppose, all. I'd have high hopes for Connor. Stephen, to kind of go to you and, and your thoughts, I know that you've definitely seen a lot of Joe Brown, Hurl for Club, Cashel last year, and that would you have any thoughts on where Tip might be going, 
even Seamus Kennedy and, and McCormick might be options here as well, or do you think that they should be backs and forwards? Yeah, well, I think um, I'd say Cal is going to create loads of options. I'd say I think that you're going to have to be able to play in the multiple positions um, for for uh, for Tip in, in Cal's team. Like just just to go back to Dan Dan position in the half back. Uh, Shame's position a half forward kind of ties back into what he he'll be asking. It seems to half hours, half backs to get forward, half half forwards to get back. You know, but the midfield is going to be it's going to be a tricky area. Like you want your midfield, you want them picking up the ball off the backs and getting it to the forwards, but you also want some want them supporting the forwards. And a midfield could be doing all the small jobs that will go unnoticed, but will be so important. Like if a midfielder is not scoring two or three points, there's people going to think, geez, he was poor, you know. But he could have been there with, let's say, for instance, Brian Amara taking the ball off the centre forward. You know, it's it's a horrible place to play because it could easily buy a game could easily bypass four midfielders. You know, one or two of them gets a little a nice touch of ball over the bar and they look like a superstar. But for like for us, I I wouldn't have any issues with with with. His poor year, and um, but it's fine. And will he play him there? I don't think he will have the power for the half hour line. Although he'll have the athleticism, you know, midfield there with possibly Jer. If he, I think Jer needs to bulk up a little bit. I think he's um extremely quick and take a score as proved against Limerick, but. You'd be thinking the type of game that Carl wants is is running, it's breaking tackles off the shoulder. If Jarrah is going to um, cement his place in midfield, he's going to need to get a lot stronger than he was the last couple of years. And um, you know, I, I I don't know. Do we have? I, I, it's could midfield be the issue this year? Like you know, we seem to be well covered in the backs, the forwards. Yeah, Stephen. Doing... Like I know you said, like midfield, they could the games could bypass you. Like if you look at Limerick, probably two marquee field midfielders in there, Will O'Donoghue and and Darrow O'Donovan. You know, I'm like, yeah, I, like I'd agree with you that midfield could could be a bit of an issue. Now I don't want to like highlight something that you know they haven't played, they haven't struck a slater in anger in the league yet. Like you know to be kind of pinpointed as a, as a weakness, but um, just kind of get your further thoughts on that. Yeah, like just go back to the Limerick lads, like I. I, I, without being disrespectful, but I see him as enforcers for Limerick, as in they're going to break up all the play. They're going to, they're going to do the dirty work with the lads in the back, and it allow the boys up top that freedom. Do we have lads with the physical presence to go and do that in around the middle of the field? I don't know. Like Will O'Donnell, who don't have to score for Limerick, and he'll it'll never be held against him because of the work he does on the other side of the ball. I, I, I don't know if we have a lad in his mould that's that, that's going to power around the field, uh, breaking breaking up tackles, moving on the ball to the lads that will do the damage. And that's probably, look, again, it's very, very early in the year. Liam Cal and his crew might have someone earmarked for that. And Maybe he's playing full back. Yeah. I, I'm happy with bringing full back. I said it here last year. I think, I think, uh, full back could be a good position for him where it's, it's literally stop the man, move the ball onto the lads uh, outside you. And, you know, a back can kind of get lost in the forwards at time because they have to go, they have to go and find, find the ball. If you get, if if you understand what I'm trying to say, whereas 
and a natural forward can do these things, whereas a back sometimes gets lost in the forwards. And I think that's what's going against uh, Michael Breen up the forwards at, at times because he's a phenomenal athlete, you know. It should, and it's it's figuring out where best to play him because I I, I think he's a, he can be a big asset for Tipperary and I think that could be at full back. I think the ship has sailed for him out the field. I think yeah, Cattle's come in with the idea, look, if you're if you're not not going to cut at full back, you know, he's had a good few years now where he's been up the field and he hasn't hasn't produced it like he's when's the last time you could say he had a good year when we won the All Ireland? Was he even particularly great that year? Was he one of our better yeah. players? He was grand, but um like midfield I think is a big issue. Uh, now I thought since Connor Stakelum's come in, I've been fairly impressed with him last year when he came in. You know, he had a bad year, like, but he, he really stuck out when he got his chance. And uh yeah. first two games he's played this year, started against Clare the other day. He's He's a chap that will put his head in the line, but he will run into you as hard as he's able, and he does not stop moving around the pitch. So he could be a lad. You could, if you could get him bedded in there, you could maybe compliment him with a runner, a kind of a midfielder that goes forward more so, and Connor be able to sit back. Paddy Cadell started two matches so far. He's a chap I'm really worried about. Waste of potential because when he was coming up underage, we thought he was going to be the next big thing, but he's had a couple of years now at senior level, and he's really just not doing it. He's getting no consistency. It's not even a consistent run of games. You can't get a consistent 70 minutes together, league or championship, which is a worry. Um, which yeah, midfield is is a bit of a concern for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. And I'd agree with you, John, on Paddy Castell, whether it's confidence or just having problems kind of adjusting to, I suppose, the senior inter-county game from, you know, what was a very serious pedigree in, in the in the in the underage game. I suppose just before we leave Tipperary for now, just a we talked about the defence, we talked about the forwards earlier on, but one lad that hasn't been mentioned who I think done, done okay or done very okay in the last day and would be Shawnee Ryan, who looks another kind of busy, busy corner forward, got a got a nice goal um, in an era where we might be looking for one or two kind of finishers or scores. Do you think he could be making his mark or certainly worth a try in the league as well? Oh, absolutely, Kevin. Like he, I think he did he score 1-1 one, one on, on Sunday. Um, you know, he looked very sharp. I think, as we said, to, as we said earlier on, and, and, and Stephen referenced it, like we're probably gone away from the era of, of you know, a go-to forward. We're going to have several forwards now looking to chip in. And looking at last Sunday, it's a fairly obvious thing to say, I suppose. But the game plan needs to, seems to be to, you know, run off the shoulder, move the ball as quick as you can, and get it to the clinical guys in the full forward line, and and you know, get them on the ball and score and and and. I got the impression from, from looking at Sean Ryan last Sunday that he'd be one of those guys. I, I was trying to pick, I was trying to remember him from his underage days, um, lads, and I, I'm struggling. Was he on John Devan's under twenty team? Yeah, in twenty yeah, or twenty one. Would that be right, Ender? Would I be right? Yeah, that? he would have been coming on as a sub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, he been, yeah. It, yeah, he wasn't a starter, was he? No, no. Yeah, so he, that's he, he would have initially played. He played Hearty Cup with our ladies, and he would have played in the backs. When he was underage, when he was really young, um, okay. I think he only made to move up to forwards there when he hit minor. Um, but he's, he's he looks like a natural forward now for a lad that didn't play there the whole way up. Like he's he does uh, absolutely. I thought he looked clinical. The other guy, of course, is our, our neighbour here in the south, um, Stephen and 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 Kevin uh, Mark Kehoe. Like you'd be hoping Mark now has been like didn't Mark come on in the twenty nineteen final? Yeah, has so with your so like you know he's four years in and around it now, yeah. um you know he's probably 
you know, top of the top of the ground dry day hurler, he probably suits him better. I, I you know, I wouldn't be judging him too much on last Sunday. I thought kind of seems to struggle with his back to the goal. Probably a better forward running onto the ball would be mm. would be my impression of Mark. And just probably needs to be a little bit more clinical as well. It seems to miss That's the words. That's yeah, the it seems to I mean, he seems to miss a few chances, Kevin. Like I don't want to be, you know, not to be overcritical on, on the lad now, but he he does seem to miss miss chances. He he swiped at a ball there last Sunday, you know, and I just thought, Jesus, just steady up and you'll you'll get the score, like you know. So yeah, and I think it was the clear game last year as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We need we need one of one of Mark or Jake Morris really to start taking up a lot of the scoring mantle. Yeah. We're talking about not getting having enough lads to score. Look, Jason Ford looked like a lot of lads would be talking about his lack of pace and whatnot, but he's a natural scorer. He has yeah. to be playing. And you need Jake or Mark to be chipping in with three, four, five points, a goal, one, two, one, yeah. three. Yeah, and it's with Jake, match. like, it's consistency, isn't it? Like, he's no yeah. doubt he's capable of, of great moments and stuff like that. But another lad has been around a while, you know, and does, you know, yeah. was key to a, an All-Ireland winning team. So, yeah, def- definitely agree. Uh, lads, I think that's been a great half hour as at least therapy. Um, I, for one, feel great about the prospects of Tipperary. We're, we're all just delusional now and the glass isn't half full. It's three quarters. It's overflowing. Our cup <laughs> overflows with talent after two challenge matches and a bit of decent training. But um, just looking at the other counties, um, I think it was Colin mentioned that, you know, there, there are a lot of different new managers there. So, you know, there's a lot of kind of uncertainty out there with this new split season is, you know, like, does the league, it's very important at the start, but does it just taper off in importance, maybe, as you win or lose a couple of games, and teams decide that a bit of decent training is, is better. So, like, does that look, the elephant in the room here is that Limerick are going for four in a row this year. You know, whether they count the Mickey Mouse COVID All-Ireland is another thing, but, you know, they'll, they'll <laughs> tell you they're going for four in a row anyway. So, are, you know, look, they've been on their team holiday. They're all refreshed. I think they might have left a couple of lads over there as well, but, like, you know, a team like that, it does pick up a bit of baggage off the field as well. And do you think that might actually, that off the field stuff might start to affect them or is it just, am I, am I, you know, like just clinging at, clinging at absolutely anything there to to maybe think that the, the chase impact might be catching up a bit? I, I, I just don't get the impression, I don't, maybe I'm delusional here now, but I don't get the impression that they're that far ahead. Like, would you, when you compare them to the Kilkenny team that were going for five in a row, do they have as much as an, of an air of dominance and invincibility that that team had? Because for me, they don't. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. I, I'd agree. I think what Limerick will would lack compared to, I, I, we're going to use Kilkenny as the, as the yardstick here. Kilkenny could score goals anytime they want it. I don't think Limerick have that same. They're, they're, they're so well-structured it's tap the ball over the bar, tap it over the tap it over the bar. But when the when the need for a goal is there, I don't think they're natural predators in 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 the same way that Kilkenny were all those years ago. Now look, we can say Kilkenny has a handy old handy Leinster uh, Leinster championships to to walk through before they get ready for an All Ireland series. That can be said about that Kilkenny team at the time, you know, and maybe the one does. When Tip came along, Tip really push, pushed them to the pin of their collar for, for a good few years. You know, it became the Tip and Kenny show for a, for a long time. I don't think Limerick have the same sparring partner. And I think, Certainly not. unfortunately for we... us, maybe unfortunately for us, we hit a real low the last couple of years. Yeah, I think those, Stephen, were probably 
we're probably in like maybe we're showing our age a little bit like when we talk about the Kilkenny five in a row team and, and obviously you know it's, it's the arts that Kevin's right to, to reference it but like the game of 2010 versus the game of 2022 or 20, 2023 are two completely different games in my opinion yeah. and, and not for the better like when I look at Limerick what I think of is over carrying I think of throwing the ball getting away with <laughs> not getting red cards when they should, you know, so... Road tackle is what I... Yeah, real. yeah, it, it just seems to me to be a different game, um, lads. It's a game that I, I, I have to be honest with you, I, I won't say I've fallen out of love with it or anything dramatic, like, but I, I certainly don't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed hurling, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. And, and, and I, I almost hold Limerick almost wholly responsible for that, you know, that they have changed, <laughs> they have changed the way the game has been played. And I don't think it's to the better. But I, I don't want to sound churlish about this either because, look, they've won four All-Irelands. Whatever way we look at it, they have won four. You know, we find it hard to, we've always found it hard to win back-to-back. Like, so, you know, and it, it kills me to say that, because you know, but to be fair, they, they, they are the best that's out there. They're justifiably favourites for this year. They will be hard bet. You'd imagine that they'll get out of Munster, you know, pretty, pretty okay. You know, and then they have the experience and the know-how going down the straight then against everybody. Obviously, you know, Stephen has said, like, they're, they're after being pulled back a little bit. I mean, Kilkenny could have beaten them last year, I think it's fair to say. You know, a, a little bit more, Kilkenny could have beaten them. You know, the, again, in the final, you know, it was a very, very good final. You know, for what it was, it wouldn't be my, as I said, the, the game of hurling has changed a little bit, but it was, it was good in that it was close. So I think, yeah, they're back a little bit closer to the pack, but... They'd still be my favourite. I just think, you know, Tip needed a, a sighter in 2009 after, you know, kind of coming in 2008, right? Maybe that's the last comparison mm. and contrast we'll do with that. Well, like, you know, Waterford probably could have been their closest challengers who self-destructed last year, you know, before they even got to a knockout game. So, like, I suppose my big fear of, of Limerick is in that, yeah, I'd agree with Steve, they're playing at the peak of their kind of way of playing, of their model, which is kind mm. of root to sufficiency. But I don't see any team developing. Like Tip are at the start, hopefully, of a journey that'll let end in an All Ireland. That's the height of optimism there, you know, the kind of new team. Definitely, you know, we, we knew Liam Sheedy great after squeezing out uh, an All Ireland in 2019 and all that. But this is an, a, a new team. We're on the start of a journey after probably a, a couple of false starts. Like Waterford are back to the start again under a new manager. Mm-hmm. Galway, the Henry experiment, like, you know, they were as they were, you know, blue hot and cold last year. I'd have big doubts over the quality in Kilkenny. I think Cody just squeezed every last drop out of them to get them as close to Limerick yeah. in that order in the final. I think that was just Cody squeezing everything out of a team, you know, and I, I don't think that tactics or whatever like that would have got them there. Claire, I think, are limited, you know, put that on the dressing room wall. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm going, going to see Limerick. Look, if they're playing well in the league, they say, you know, they, they came back earlier for the league and all that and everything's fine and dandy if they lose a few games early on, they'll, they'll park it like and they'll 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 they'll, they'll circle the wagons and they'll, they'll come out a different team come championship. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it is say. it is going that direction though. Claire should drew with them in the in the round robin, should have beaten them. Really put them to the pin of their collar in the monster final could have won that. Galway threw it away I I felt in the last in the semi final. Should have bet them missed some sitters to put themselves in front. Um mm. I think I think the big thing is getting the conditioning right to stay with Limerick. We seen last year, even when we look, we can all agree it was a bad year and we weren't really prepared. But we had Limerick in the last going into the last ten minutes. 
The only yeah. thing that lasted for us was the conditioning. The lads ran out of steam. But there's a common trend there in that. And that's teams yeah. staying toe-to-toe with them for 60-ish minutes. And then either bringing on subs or putting the, the foot down and taking the chances while other teams falter. I think that comes out of conditioning, yes, but also like your panel. And Limerick yeah. at the moment, I think, just have that panel and that subs to bring on that, you know, like that, that core of 19 players, if you like. And they're all of a similar age profile yeah. as well, which helps. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're getting there now. Like the panel is a lot younger than it was even this time last year. Um, and you'd hope over the next few years we can get to that level of conditioning to really challenge. But look, anything can happen. But I don't think we'll beat Limerick this year now. Not in a meaningful game anyway. Um, yeah, that's the thing I'd have about Clare as well. I know they're pushing them, but... Not, yeah. not, not really and matters. I suppose that, that that's maybe like a, a conversation obviously for another day Kevin but like I said last year it was important that st- that for tip they, they stayed relevant in the hurling world we didn't like I, w- I was looking at something over Christmas some journalist should know better but you know he did a, <laughs> a, a kind of a power ranking of hurling teams like and we were nine out of nine ninth out of nine I mean like it's it's embarrassing to look at that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I think like Westmead were the next team underneath us or something. Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, lads, where 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 are we? Like, you know. So Can I ask you something that's even with last year's panel. If we were in Leinster, do you think we we would we would have finished top three? Yes. Yeah. 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 I'd say so, so. Like, yeah. there's always that caveat job with those power rankings. Like, yeah. It's not, yeah. Do you know there is a, it is there is an imbalance there in terms of the provincial championships, like. Massive. Absolutely. So that's maybe just before we leave the intercounty seat for now. Colin, our, our former alma mater, the high school, had a good win in the under 19B hurling today into the semi finals. Yeah. Steve and your lads bowed yeah. out. Uh, Enda, you were at the Hearty Cup. The Turtles had a last gas win over in that one. You you managed to kind of trek out to that? No, I was at the Temple Moor one. Um, <laughs> right. But no, I was following the updates on it and uh, they were kind of trailing the whole match. Um, literally going into it at a time they got the goal and, and tagged the point on. So a savage and win, savage win. So absolutely. Did they win they as well? No, they lost by five. But geez, there were, there were three or four points up in the 45th minute and Arthur got a goal and steamrolled them in the last 10 minutes. They just got the tails up and really pulled away from them. But... I wasn't Limerick expecting style. much from Templemore on that, but, uh, you know, they could have won it, they could have won it, but it would have been unreal to have three teams in the semi-final, wouldn't it? But, uh, you know, we've two teams in it there now, which is which is good tracking, yeah? Absolutely, and you know that it's, it's great to see, as, as you said, Tardis might have been uh, losing that one the whole way, but, you know, the scenes at the final whistle, you know, it's a great competition within the Hardy Cup. Look, more tip schools that are playing in it, the better. Love to see the high school kind of playing in it meaning, meaningfully. Mm. I think there's potential there. That's maybe a debate for another day. But um, and as catching your before you wrap up, lads, any any other big issues in the GA GA world catching your eyes? Lee Keegan and the big ball hanging up wasn't, his boot there would be sad to see. But wasn't it nice to see the minor final being replayed on TG4 the other night as well? I think it was one of one of the, one of, one of the highlights of, of last year and certainly the Christmas, Christmas TV schedule there. Um it, it was nice to see it at the ends there to, to see that game. And I mean Looking at looking at it, lads, like on fifty-seven minutes, we were seven points down. Like I was sitting there going, "Did we actually win this game? You're, you're, the man down as well. Did we win this? Like you know, yeah. um, it was it was pure lack of experience on Offaly's part on the sideline and on the pitch. 
like people people from uh, other counties that have from one whole pile if you say the word like yeah, tradition tradition it, it, like as far as i'm concerned it's a thing and none of us like awfully in fairness they had a good run in the 80s 90s won won loads of stuff but before that like not really a relevant hurling power and you could kind of see it in experience in them when they were getting over the as, as you were saying column like they were Oh, how they lost that game, I don't know. Like they were the better team for the whole match. They were well up going into added times. But like they just didn't have the experience, the belief to see it out. Um it was very enjoyable. You could see them all lining up at defence to have to have the fence. <laughs> they were so <laughs> certain they had it won. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the oh, really like packed <laughs> out the, the shed end or whatever, just ready to run onto the pitch and then the pitch behind the goals where Paddy McCormick scored all the tip lads with the arms up and all the off lads with the hands in the head. Yeah, it's great. It's a great photo. <laughs> Maybe to mention as well, Kevin, our footballers got, got off to a win and start down in, in Clan A on Sunday. Um, they beat Waterford, uh, which is, you know, it's always a t- tough place to go down, down down to Waterford and win a match. I know Waterford probably missing a few lads, but, you know, it's... it's, it's You've been very it's, kind to Waterford football there, Colin. I, I am being very kind <laughs> to Waterford football, Kevin. Maybe I'm being kind to Tipperary football as well. But, you know, I think it's, it's, it's worth mentioning. Like, it's a good start for David Power and, and, and the boys. Like, you know, I know I was reading Michael Quinlivan isn't involved in the panel. You know, they've lost quite a few players through injuries and retirements and lads gone travelling. And, you know, it, 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 it can't be easy. We're talking about this with some lads I'm friendly with there over the weekend, you know, about... Like, you know, the the high water mark, I suppose, is the 2020 Munster final. And that was brilliant. And I suppose for some lads, they're looking now going, like, really, are we ever going to win anything any more than that? You know, and it, it might be a little bit difficult sometimes for guys to get motivated. Like, so I think fair play to the, to, to, yeah, to the guys absolutely. who go back year after year and, you know, put it in. I suppose with that one, I was kind of like looking out for the team and the panel because I didn't know how much of a change there would be. So there is a good few familiar faces still on it so I think they will be strong and able to compete um, this year in the league in Division 3 also a big shout out to our sponsors Orga Retro Sportswear apologies if I butchered that pronunciation great get onto their website some great retro GA kind of where, where they're so uh, a bit of sponsorship there allows us to keep the show on the road here to listen to our rambling so a big thank you to them Folks, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see you again either side, of, either side of the league and the, the glass will still remain half full. But for now, thanks a million. Peace, lads.